Alright, ready? Yep. There we go. Start the timer. Heyo, I'm CK and you're listening to Practice. I'm your functional systems integrator, and this is my podcast where practice is not just the theme of the show, but the whole purpose behind it. What started out as a practice of podcasting, as well as speaking in general, has evolved into a practice of self-coaching and self-reflection while espousing half-thoughts and providing unsolicited advice. As always, I'm... I am fortunate (laughs) to be joined... Did you almost say unfortunate? (laughs) I did. (laughs) My practice partner and partner in life, Pam. Hey, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Pam is also my pattern awareness manager, and every Sunday we reflect on our past week and my progress with this practice, along with other lifestyle practices, as well as theories and ideas behind the virtues of practice itself. We're doing this on the fly, and our dialogue here is unedited, so don't hold me responsible for what we say here. Make sure to check out my show notes, where I'll provide some fact-checking, self-psychoanalysis, and commentary on things I could have done better. You may find this and more information about this project at forcesofequal.com slash practice. <laughs> Almost looked up there. I think I caught myself in time. Now we know how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording today on Sunday, January 10th, 2021. And this is practice session number 46. And you may be hearing our neighbor's dog. It's quite whiny and barky when the neighbors leave, so it must have some kind of separation anxiety or something, and the sound seems to be leaking through, so that's the dog. (laughs) And we'll get into the quote for this week, and it comes from Seneca, who I've quoted many times before, Stoic philosopher from ancient times. And I think I probably quoted Seneca more than anyone else so far. So, dude's pretty wise. (laughs) (laughs) So the quote goes like this. Nothing is burdensome if taken lightly, and nothing need arouse one's irritation so long as one doesn't make it bigger than it is by getting irritated. And it's pretty straightforward, and it's very similar to a lot of other quotes that I've recited before. And of course, it has a lot to do with mindset and your perspective and how you frame things and it's pretty pertinent for this week because things are pretty crazy in america (laughs) and i really don't want to get into that stuff too much you know there's a lot of it in the media and i don't like i really don't know how to wrap my head around it just yet And in a lot of ways, I've been distracting myself from it. But in a lot of other ways, I've been learning a lot from it. So there's a duality there. But let's see where this takes us. (laughs) And um, I don't know. I just, (laughs) this this past week, it, it feels like it's been so long. There's, I feel like the last three weeks have really, like, every time we record, I'm like, it's only been a week, and, yeah. but like in a good way. It does, like, I don't know. I like it when time doesn't fly by. I like it when things feel slow and long. So yeah, that's true. And in some respects, it feels that way to me because I got a lot of stuff done. 
Mm-hmm. And in other respects, it feels that way to me because a lot of stuff has happened in yeah. the world. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's felt like a long week and a lot of stuff is going on. And a lot of it has to do with just human behavior and society in general. And so the stuff I want to talk about or try to talk about would be in that realm in terms of human behavior and systems and what I've kind of been learning from all the stuff that's been happening on that end. So I, okay, so I'm kind of hesitant to talk about this stuff because I still haven't developed it completely yet, but it's around my own functional systems integration and my vast awareness framework. And I've made a lot of progress in developing it this past week because of everything that's been going on and what that's kind of spurred on in my mind and got my cognition going in relation to that stuff. And it's interesting because this whole, I guess, era of the pandemic in general has enlightened me to human behavior and the collective society and how the collective system is not exactly where I thought it was at. You know, there's a lot of things coming up out of all this stuff going on and a lot of things that have kind of been tamped down or hidden or not as apparent. And the kind of stuff I'm talking about is like the structural racism and these antiquated notions of individualism and privilege and entitlement that's just kind of coming up. And it all kind of comes down to individualism versus Mm -hmm. collectivism. And, you know, I'm just thinking like in ancestral times, there wasn't really much individualism going on. You know, you needed the collective of the tribe to survive and prosper. And individualism is more of a modern development through such times as like, uh, 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 I'm getting a little mixed up in history here, but like the German romantics kind of focused on individualism and the self and expressing the self. And, you know, since that time, and of course, industrialization, we've kind of developed more of our individualism and self-assertion, and we don't need the collective. You know, it seems like we don't need the collective in order to prosper individually. And I think like in more modern times, we've kind of fallen into that line of thinking. Like we're, we're starting to lose the notion of the collective and the the like the system and how you know if the whole system 
is improved, that improves everybody, that improves everything within the system versus, you know, if a part of the systems improve, then, you know, there's different ways that that could affect the whole system. You know, it could be beneficial or it could be de de detrimental, you know, it, that, that just that part of the system has less effect on the whole system. Um, shoot, I'm not... So, so this is why I was hesitant about talking about this stuff because I don't have it completely figured out yet or I, I don't know how I want to talk about it yet. But I'm coming at it from a lot of different perspectives and I'm kind of cross-associating a lot of different disciplines and philosophies and this is kind of where everything's been coming coming out for me this past week where all these different things that I've been studying and learning about has all started to kind of converge and I'm kind of I've been able to make these associations that I think I was trying to figure out before and like I thought there were associations but I just couldn't connect them but I'm starting to connect those now. And a lot of it comes down to dissonance in general, and maybe more specifically cognitive dissonance. And how, you know, from my perspective, the stuff that's going on, and more specifically, the stuff that happened at the Capitol, like, I think I'm coming from the perspective that, you know, like, I can't believe that that's happening. And there's definitely a disparity between what happened at the Capitol and, for instance, what happened with the Black Lives Matter movement. There, you know, mm -hmm. there's definitely a contrast between similar type of events. And this is another thing, like... <laughs> Not similar at all. Well, what I'm saying... Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it is—it's not similar at all. But like, you can kind of compare and contrast the responses to. I'm so yeah. I, shoot. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I just want to make sure that no one thinks that you're saying that BLM protests were right. in any way domestic terror because that's what yeah. the attack on the Capitol was. That was domestic terror. Right. And that's the thing, like, of course, we're talking about complex systems and these things aren't the same, but there's similar aspects that we can compare and contrast. But the bottom line is that they're not the same. So at the end of the day, you can't compare them as one to one, mm -hmm. but just the concepts and notions that are coming out and like the differences in police response and you know opposing responses and stuff like that there's definitely a disparity and a dissonance and so i've always been about trying to understand the other side and trying to find a space or like a place of common ground where we can try to understand each other in order to resolve our differences. And that's the thing with dissonance. Like dissonance is not comfortable. It's not, there's something not right about it. It, it means that there's something off, you know, it's not lining up. 
And when you have cognitive dissonance, it's when your beliefs don't line up with the objective reality, like your subjective reality doesn't line up with the objective reality or or your subjective reality doesn't line up with someone else's subjective reality. Mm -hmm. And there's a dissonance there. There's like a uncomfortable or something that's bothersome. And in order to resolve that, you need to find some kind of harmony between the two sides. And so I kind of relate this to music. You know, when you have two notes that clash, that's dissonance. And it's a strategy used in music to create uncomfortable, you know, a level of uncomfortability, uncomfortability. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Is that a word? Okay. Yeah. A level of uncomfortability, uh, uh, What you know, whatever that word is. <laughs> Discomfort. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. And once that those clashing notes are resolved, that's when you feel good. Like that's the portion of the music where you feel good and it's like uplifting and something's you know, it's the resolution of, of the dissonance and there's like an uplifting feeling. And so we're coming at this, you know, one side is one note and the other side is another note and those two notes are clashing. And we don't necessarily need to find the same note. Obviously, the same notes harmonize with each other or not harmonize, but they resolve, but you can also harmonize with different notes that line up in, say, a methodical fashion, for lack of a better term. So you don't how, really... How do you harmonize with Nazis? Well, that's the thing. You have to find, you have to figure that out. Like, you can't just continue the conflict and continue the dissonance because that'll never resolve. And the differences that you have, like you, like, so, you know, one side thinks the other side is crazy or stupid or makes no sense or incompetent, but the other side thinks the same way about your side. And so if you guys, if you think there's it, that divide there, there's no way we can create harmony. And so first of all, you have to have the mindset that whatever you're thinking and as much as you think you're right, the other side thinks that way about their perspective. Sure. But in this case, one side wants to kill people and the other side doesn't. Like, how do you, how do you middle ground that? You have to find a place where you like have common ground or you can relate because when it comes down to it, they're, you know, both sides have certain values that are rooted in 
human values. Like we're all human and we all have certain needs and we have, we all have certain needs in terms of functioning in life. Period. Uh, so <laughs> not period, but I, I'm not, so, so I don't know how to explain this, but there's fundamentals of life for every human and we all have as as a human race there's fundamental values and there's fundamentals in order for us to survive and there's fundamentals for us to prosper and so the way we all go through life we all have our own values and in some respects, those are rooted in fundamental values. So if we can find those fundamental values and see where we can relate to each other with them and go from there, that's where we'll make progress. Like, I, you know, I don't know how or I don't know where or what they are. I mean, I, I think I do, but and I'm working on kind of articulating it and figuring out and creating a model for it, but I don't know how to say it right now, but we have to find, that's the only way, we have to find a place where we can agree first, because if we don't, then we'll never resolve anything. So we have to figure out the values, and this kind of goes into my vast awareness framework, and I've kind of changed the V to stand for value or vectors, and I'm kind of leaning back toward vectors. So VAST, standing for vectors of awareness across systems and time. And with vectors, I'm referring to spectral potentiality. So spectral potentiality meaning that, you know, there's no, rather than binary, reasons or bi binary solutions that, you know, there's a spectrum of reasons or effects. So it's not just black or white, yes or no. There's maybes and there's the grays and stuff in between and all across the spectrum. And so with the vectors, there's certain vectors within that spectrum. And these can be seen as like different dimensions or different lines across the spectrum. So for instance, one vector could be like the artificial versus natural vector. And this is one of the most prominent vectors in my mind, the artificial versus natural vector. So on one side, there's artificial and on the other side of the spectrum, there's natural. And, you know, in ancestral times, it's been mostly toward the natural end of the vector because, you know, we hadn't developed all these technologies and we lived by nature. But now we have all this technology and we're kind of getting away from natural order with obviously internet and media and stuff that's kind of taken us, us out of natural societal stuff. And 
there's a trend going away from nature toward artificial constructs. And by doing that, we're losing sight of humanity. So we're obviously, I mean, diet's a pretty easy example. We're moving away from natural foods, to more artificial foods and processed foods. And you can see what's going on in America. What, more than two-thirds of U.S. citizens are considered obese. And that has is largely due to the standard American diet, which it which consists of lots of artificially processed foods. And if you move back more toward natural foods, there's a natural macronutrient profile, you know, natural, there's a natural mix of nutrients that is more balanced or synergistic with our bodies. It's how our bodies evolved to eat. So by getting away from that, we're getting away from progress. We're kind of devolving and getting obese and unfit and unhealthy and sick and dying earlier. So we have to find the balance there. And I'm so in talking about functional systems integration, we have to integrate the ends of the vectors, the opposite sides of the spectrum. So there, we need to find a balance between the artificial and natural. And, you know, I'm not going to say we have to be all natural or go extreme toward that side of the spectrum because there's a lot of good that's come out of technology and artificial aspects of life. So we have to find the balance somewhere closer around the middle to balance the artificial and natural and integrate those two to optimize or create a more optimal progression. So, you know, rather than having an extreme artificial progression versus an extreme natural progression, you know, both sides are, you're going to, are not optimal. Obviously, artificial, you know, like I talked about, you're going to run into health issues and obesity and all that stuff. And if you stay natural, you know, you'll probably be healthy and all that stuff, but you won't benefit from all the technology and advancements that we've developed that can help you out even more. So an integration of the two is the optimal point. So we need to find a balance there. And the thing is, if you're lost or if you're suboptimal in some manner, the kind of north star of that vector is the natural end. So if you're starting to feel dissonance in order to resolve that dissonance, you want to start going towards the natural end. And I don't know if this is coming out as nicely as I wanted to, but does that make sense? Like, I 100% get what you're saying. I just mm -hmm. don't know that you can apply that to people 
in the case that we're well, you know, about, like, I can't apply it directly. And that's the thing. Like I'm trying to develop a model and a framework here. And this is just one little slice of it. But we need to find harmony from dissonance. We need to become more natural in light of all these artificial constructs. And we need to consider and balance objective reality with subjective reality and rationality with our emotions. That, so that's another vector, you know, the emotional versus rational vector where you can even associate emotional with subjectivity and rational with objectivity. So this could be the subjectivity to objectivity vector. And in order to progress, you want an integration of the two. You know, you can't be just all subjective and you don't want to be all objective because if you're all objective, then there's no self-assertion, there's no creativity, and that thus there's no progress or innovation. And all, but if you're all subjective, then there's no regard to the super systems or the collective, and it's just all ego. So you need to have a balance and an integration of those. But in order to progress, there's a side of those vectors that you want to use as your North Star. And so between subjective and objective, the North Star should be an objective reality, which is part of the super system. And of course, like I said, between artificial and natural, the North Star should be natural. And between... Oh, so another big one is diversity versus conformity. And with diversity, you can also relate diversity to self-assertion and conformity to the super system. And uh, that's an interesting one. I'll think about that a little more. But yeah, I'm just kind of rambling on here. And I don't know. I don't think I did a very good job of actually saying something that'll make progress. But I'm still working on this. And there's something I, I, I'm finding something here. And I apologize for just rambling on and having nothing kind of prepared or outlined. And maybe this is all nonsensical, who knows, but I'm just kind of reflecting on what I've been thinking about this past week. And I know that there's a solution and I know that we can get there. We just have to come together and we can't be so divisive. We have to accept I mean, that, that's an interesting word, divide, well, those are interesting words, um, divisive and diversity, because I would think they come from the same root, but they're very different in meaning, and we need diversity. In most everything that I've studied and researched, the more diversity that we have, the more progress in evolution that comes about. Uh, you know, we can talk about the microbiome, which has been observed to be more, what's the word, robust 
but uh, no, that's a synonym. Uh, more healthy and effective if it's more diverse, if you have a more diverse microbiome. In ecology with animals, or is that animals, ecology, whatever, <laughs> the more diversity of species that you have, the more lively and the more growth and progress the uh, there is in the environment, in that ecology. And so, you know, the more diversity we have with people, the more knowledge and understanding we can have in order to grow and progress and evolve. You know, if we have more conformity and everybody's the same or thinking about the same things, then there's, you know, how are we going to make progress? if we just keep doing the th same things over and over, or if everybody's the same, or, you know, we try to do, we try to get everybody on a similar mindset or similar background or similar experience. Counterpoint though, with your microbiome, if you have the wrong bacteria, it kills all of your bacteria. With animals, if you have an invasive species that is killing the natural species, you lose your diversity. So, yeah, but if you have more diversity, wouldn't it be less likely to affect you as much? Sure, unless you have a large majority of the invasive species. <laughs> right, but I can only get that way because you don't have a balance or there's no, you know, you it, when you lose, you know, you start losing the diversity. So, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get what you're getting at. And obviously there's, there may be instances where you have to kind of recognize what, you know, when there's an invasive species or whatnot and take artificial measures to stamp that out. So, you know, Again, we go back to the artificial versus natural vector. So this is where we can balance and integrate the artificial side. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of coming this up with this on the fly, but, <laughs> but I don't know. I'll leave it at that. And I talked way too long and rambled about all that stuff that I didn't really have <laughs> constructed properly in my mind yet. But, you know, that's what this is about. It's about me reflecting and trying to get this organized and this is what makes me grow, and this is what's going to help me progress with my philosophies. So hopefully I can get something out of this. And if anyone else wants to comment or has any constructive criticism, I'm open to that. And that'll only help me. So please feel free to give me a shout out or tell me I'm stupid. <laughs> Don't tell me I'm stupid. I think that you are an idealist and I'm sure. a pessimist. <laughs> well, not always. I like to say that I'm an optimist who worries a lot, but <laughs> I will always argue with you on your obsessive optimism. <laughs> well, I, I mean, maybe that's uh, the balance between there us you go. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that we're integrating together with the forces of equal. So, yeah, I went too long on that. So I want to get into our other segments. So let's get into the weekly force cast 
where we have our pod spo and our <laughs> linchpin spo. So this is kind of we're kind of wrapping this all into the weekly forecast, and we're gonna have the pod spo about podcasts we re- recommend and the linchpin spo. Which so I refer to Pam as the linchpin, and combine that with inspo, which I really wasn't exactly sure what it meant, but I assumed it meant inspiration. inspiration. Yes. So, if you haven't noticed, CK likes to name things. <laughs> I like words. I like language. <laughs> So, yeah, so this week's weekly force cast and the pods bow for me goes out to the shortwave by NPR. And this podcast comes out every day of the week, I believe. And it's pretty short, a bite sized 10 to 15 minute podcast. And it's hosted by Maddie Safaya. And this past week, they had a really interesting episode, which is what enticed me to feature it on the weekly Forcecast Podspo this week. And the guest was Jess Wade, who is a professor, or she is in, I believe, experimental physics at Imperial College in London. I hope I have this right. But she also writes in Wikipedia and she's she's been creating articles in Wikipedia every day for like the last three years for women and people of color in science. <laughs> and so she's been creating like an article a day for these people to balance out the disparity in science and the breakdown, demographic breakdown. Because obviously, as with everything else, you know, the structure around the world has prioritized, you know, white men, basically, mm-hmm. in science and everything else. So Just Wade's kind of trying to balance that out and create these articles and all this knowledge around people of color and women in science. So I thought that was really fascinating and amazing. And I mean, she's been doing it every day for the past three years. So she has like over a thousand different scientists that she's put up on Wikipedia. So I I thought, you know, I'm sure that's a really influential thing, impactful thing that she's doing. So I found that really interesting. And I use the shortwave as one of the models that I use for our own podcasting and not bad advice. And they, you know, they're short format and they have really good quality audio and they have good banter back and forth. They feature different guests uh, on a lot of different episodes. And it's a really good bite-sized science podcast. They cover a lot of different things. So I highly recommend Shortwave from NPR. Cool. So Pam, do you have any podcast that popped up? Um, so while we were talking, I was thinking about the most recent episode of Reveal from the Center for Investigative Reporting. Oh, yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, so the second half of their episode this week was um, actually a replay, but it's still a totally relevant story. Um, mm-hmm. And it was about how, well, it was about a lot of things, but the part that popped up in my head today was how they, how white newspaper owners, basically white men mm-hmm. owning the media, were able to incite lynchings and basically use the media to 
craft the narrative that they wanted to tell and drive black people out of their homes and basically resulted in the mass loss of property and wealth that any black people in the area had developed um, post slavery. And uh, I thought it was really interesting juxtaposition with what we're going through right now with yeah. the media. Yeah, Reveal is such a great podcast. It's from the Center for, for Investigative Reporting. Investigative Reporting, yeah. So it's investigative journalism and they go hard into their investigations. It's <laughs> really, really cool what they do. And they spend a lot of time and the podcasts are really, really quality. Yeah. And I think they mentioned when they were soliciting for donations or fundraising that they spend like a hundred thousand dollars an episode or something like that something like that Do you remember yeah that? yeah yeah so they're high quality episodes and that yeah, yeah reveal is definitely one of my top favorite yeah. podcasts so great recommendation there <laughs> so let's move on to the linchpin spell part of the weekly force cast and this is where pam will Provide some inspiration from the planets or the stars or the cars. <laughs> Alright, this one's going to be a little bit longer than they will usually be because there's something really interesting happening right now. So, on January 8th, Mercury moved into Aquarius. Now, Mercury is the planet of information exchange. And Aquarius is the sign of forward thinking, inventive ideas, and humanitarian idealism. And it's also heavily related to technology, which we'll get back to in a second. So Mercury will be in Aquarius until March 15th with a retrograde period from January 30th until February 20th. So on a personal level, this will have an impact on how you communicate, the ideas you have, and your overall mental processes. From January 8th until January 30th, up until that retrograde, you might find that you think of things in new ways. Maybe you change how you think about a social issue hmm. or that you're changing the way you communicate. So that already started. That started two days ago. Oh, yep. I think that's when all my crazy thinking started. There you go. <laughs> so enjoy it for now because when the retrograde hits on January 30th, instead of that forward thinking um, feeling that you've been having, you're going to be asked to review unresolved things that maybe you haven't mm -hmm. fully dealt with or that have kind of been lingering. And we're going to get into that a little bit more once we're actually in the retrograde period, but just know that it's coming because everything is a cycle. So you're going to be really forward thinking for a few weeks and it'll feel like you're making tons of progress, but then the energy will shift into looking mm -hmm. backwards. And this is a good thing. So you can resolve issues and apply what you learn to the forward motion that you'll feel again in late February. Mm, okay. So if you know anything about your natal chart and you know what house Aquarius is in, that's the area of your life that will primarily be affected. So for me, it's my sixth house, which is work, health, and kind of the day-to-day -day grind. Mm -hmm. So I will have a change in communication or thought processes around work or my day-to-day. And CK for you, it's your fourth house of home and family and specifically parents. Huh. So look out for ways that you think about your home, family, and parents changing over the next couple of months. Now, the, the really interesting thing, though, is that on a national and global scale, this is going to be a really interesting period. So on January 8th, the day that Mercury 
the planet of communication entered Aquarius, the sign of technology and social ideals, was the same day that Trump and many of the right-wing extremists were deplatformed after years of no oversight. (laughs) And then on January 20th, which is the day that Aquarius season starts, it's the day of Biden's inauguration, which aligns with it being a humanitarian-focused sign. But Aquarius is also a sign that can be temperamental and uncompromising. Mm -hmm. which means we could be in for more conflict and even violence. Yikes. Well, thanks for the reading. That's, uh, (laughs) (laughs) stopped to think about the last part for a little while. Yeah. That kind of scared me, but yeah, hopefully it's for the better. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, that was all interesting and a lot to think about. I think the deplatforming thing is really crazy that after years of nothing, then on that day. Yeah, it's crazy how the the stuff correlates yeah. sometimes. <laughs> when, I, but, when I figured that out, I was like, that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. And yeah, mm-hmm. I love the self-reflective nature of this stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully our listeners enjoyed that. And I guess that's all for this week. Yep. We went a little longer than I wanted to. I rambled on a little more than I thought I would. And... Hopefully next week I'll have a little more, uh, a little more, I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I don't know. Hopefully next week I'll, I don't know. We'll see what happens next week. I don't know. What? Um, Oh, I did want to mention that I ended up leaning into my creativity this past week and created some wall art for the studio and mm-hmm. I'm really happy with that and so maybe I'll post some pictures on social media so yeah I mean we'll end it there and so yeah <laughs> we'll end it there for now we're, yeah we're going long I don't know I'm just rambling I, my mind's really weird right now I think the coffee is getting to me but <laughs> so, so yeah Thank you, everyone, for listening. And of course, thank you, Pam, as always. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, where I am at Pamela underscore Lund. And you can find me on Twitter at CK Disco. And I hope you guys are enjoying this newer format. And I'm going to try to reel it in a little more, a little, a little more in the next coming weeks. So, yeah, I hope you all come back next week and keep on practicing. Toodaloo! Hi, I'm Pamela Lund. And I'm CK Chung. And we're the hosts of Not Bad Advice, a show about universally good life advice that you can use right away no matter who you are. On Not Bad Advice, we take one aspect of life and show you how to look at it with a new perspective so you can make meaningful change wherever you need it. Want to build healthier habits? Or feel more confident? Or worry less? Or get better with money? We've got you covered. One of the most beneficial things you can do, just in general in life, is to get curious about yourself. We spend a lot of time judging and criticizing ourselves, but we don't spend enough time neutrally observing how we think and feel and why we think and feel those ways.
might be able to punish yourself into achieving a goal, and you might be able to find a shortcut that will get you there faster. But if the thing you're trying to achieve is something that you'll need to sustain long-term, suffering and shortcuts will both sabotage your success. There's a smarter way to achieve sustainable results that will make you happier and healthier at the same time. Money is just not transactional like we're taught. It is deeply personal. And a key step in taking control of your financial future is uncovering how money makes you feel, why it makes you feel that way, and how to feel the way you want instead. You have much bigger and better things to do with your resources. And the more that you believe that, and the more mindful that you can be, the more you can train your brain to let go of the things that are out of your control. And this need for control will never go away, no matter how much you work at it. But having the awareness that this kind of anxiety spiral is actually an attempt for you to feel in control can help you step out of it. Let's transition to the part of the show where I shuffle a deck of oracle cards and pull a card to see how that card can relate to what we talked about today. I like doing this because it gives me a visual to associate with the topic, and when I have a visual, it makes it easier to remember the perspective and integrate it into my day. So let's see what the Nocturnal Oracle deck has to offer as a visual for being kinder to ourselves as we develop new habits. Think of us as the friends who always give you good, practical advice when you need it. Subscribe to Not Bad Advice wherever you get podcasts and visit forcesofequal.com slash notbadadvice for more information.